We're going to talk about that. Maybe even let people choose what color I have behind me. Of course, we're going to do the low ball lineups for the week. We have to do the low probability crystal ball that everybody loves. And we're going to talk about some Thursday night football. Saints, Cowboys, Taysom Hill starting. All that coming up right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm glad it's Thursday. I've been sober this week, Spags. Haven't drank at all, you know, going through some slight withdrawals, but we're going to make it to the weekend. Yeah, so if you start getting the shakes throughout the episode, I think we'll know how it's going down. Cold sweats and the shakes. It's not just our usual bits driving Pete to that. It is, in fact, other choices in life, and I'm proud of you, Pete. So make sure you hit that like button for Pete's sobriety, whether you are watching on the Splash Play channel or Pete's channel. We appreciate it a bunch. Helps us get seen by more people, and that's all you can ask for as a content creator who's given up alcohol. And also, <laughs> make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. There's going to be some fun data we talk about throughout the show from there, and they have a lot more at your finger. Tips. My, our old pal Bill Simmons retweeting a screenshot from FO today. So he is fully on board. Be like Bill, besides the billions of dollars, I guess, and go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe, 99 cents a week for the packages on there. Uh, but Pete, I feel like we got to dig in a little bit on some of the news or or do we want to talk? Do you want to mock me for the background? I feel like I'm unsure which way you are pushing with that one. So maybe I'll give you the floor for that first. No, I, I like it. Um, you know, I feel like you're kind of middling, you know, like the hipster streamer setup with the neon recessed lights, but then also kind of the inner boomer that you have with your Christmas tree and your kind of old school sports paraphernalia. I mean, you, you're bridging two divides here. That's, that's what really the show is about. Me as a person has always been about is bringing people together. And the question I have, Pete, is so like I have the color choices. It has taken me a lot of thought. Like I like the I like the red because that's like USC. It matches the blanket, but it also feels kind of angry. Then we got we got the green here, which is going to fit. There's one thing I don't even want to spoil it for you, Pete, but it'll be here for Monday's show. It'll be in my background, and um, it is going to be very ridiculous. We've also got straight white, which looks weird. What are you doing back there? I'm changing my lights too. Oh, okay. All right. Wait. So the one that I'm like, I like a lot, but I'm not sure about, uh, hold on. Wait, hot pink. How about hot oh. pink? So in, from what I've discovered in general is that the, the blues look best. Mm -hmm. I think your issue is because your wall is yellow. Some of the lighter colors don't go well with it. Whereas, so the darker colors are going to look better. So we're getting a paint job done where I, I actually, this is something I, I'm appreciating your guidance on because I have no clue what to do. I was thinking of doing like a light gray for it because I think that'll sort of, you know, what for what I've been told, that's one of the better colors to have in a studio. But you're saying ebb on, ebb on the lighter side or air on the lighter side of, of paint colors? Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying specific to kind of the lights. I think oh, okay. the yellow makes it harder to find lights yes. that complement that background. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know if, if the chat has a preference here. I'll just I'll keep hitting them over and over again. I was also trying to figure out, like, is there some way for Welcome to the Family to hit some red, white, green here? Now we're going <laughs> to... The, the, the green honestly looks pretty good. 
Okay, yeah. so I'll keep green for now. And, and the green maybe fitting the money theme, maybe fitting a uh, future neon signage that could be behind me. And here's the issue I'm having, Pete, is I just want to keep buying things and putting them behind me. I was also looking up lav mics. I was looking up like all sorts of shit because the world is my oyster. I just don't know what to do with said oyster. I do think you should upgrade your mic, but I, I don't go lav. No, I mean, I, but then I can move around and do all of our silly gesturing. You still can do that. I suppose the like the the lav mic quality is is a pretty big downgrade. I think. Okay, so good to know. Then I, I was looking at some road ones, looking at some audio technical ones. Either way, uh, some improvements coming in my life and hopefully in yours. If you're watching the show, uh, though, Pete, uh, bad news: the quality of the show. I don't think it's going to be affected at all. No, no. I mean, we will continue to just produce absolute shit. You can always count on that. Speaking of, make sure to follow at Splash Play Pods. You know, whenever we are doing an episode, of course, usually Monday, Thursday, and Friday, 2.30 Eastern. Sometimes it moves around, though. And, of course, it makes us feel good about ourselves. And also, you get an opportunity when you are following on there to join this show. Today, it's a viewer guest day, so you have to go. Uh, Pete, can you drop the link in the I chat? I just did, I, I, yeah. Okay, so there we go. So go retweet that tweet if you want to be our viewer guest today for Lowball, uh, the Island King, Brian Schultz, chiming in on there. Also, the Mortgage King of Florida. If you are looking for a mortgage in Florida, go check him out. Uh, but He's defended the crown now one twice against us. We can't go back to him. We need somebody else to join us on the show. Chat couldn't do it collectively. So retweet that tweet if you want to get into the mix here. And we'll announce who's going to be joining us here in about uh, 25 minutes or so. We'll have you guys on to do a low ball lineup and then also to do our Thursday night football lineup build. But Pete, we do have some week 13 news and some big ones for Thursday night football. Alvin Kamara going to be out tonight. Laurie Cooper just announced we'll play after being on the COVID list. And now he also, I guess, some rumors this week or not rumors, reports that he was having a tough time coming back from it, having a, a tough time breathing. So maybe some reason to knock down the routes run for him if you are doing your own projections. And Taysom Hill, the big news is going to be starting tonight for New Orleans. So question I have for you, Pete, three big news items, no Kamara, Amari Cooper being back, Taysom Hill starting. How does this all shape your worldview tonight for Thursday Night Football? Yeah, I... I've been kind I ended up betting the under in it and the under has come down. I think it was at 47 and a half when it opened it up, uh, opened up and now it's down to 46. I assume mostly because of the Kamara news, which was weird because he had gotten in limited practices all week. And then, you know, there was the reports last night and then obviously it firmed up today that he wasn't going to play. So you have to assume a super conservative game plan for the saints. Um, a lot of Mark Ingram, a lot of Taysom Hill rushing. So, uh, I'm, I'm on the underside. I, I want it to be a shootout. Uh, I feel like Dallas still has the, you know, the capability to play in some of those super fun games, but I feel like we're going to have one of those classic, like 20 to 14 Thursday night games tonight. Yeah, not a, a huge line on this one. Kind of would have thought it would have gotten over 50. The New Orleans certainly been uh, playing down to any sort of expectations you would have for them recently. Uh, but I think Taysom Hill being in an interesting situation. I wish the price were a little bit cheaper for him on showdowns, but still looks like uh, to me one of the top projected plays on the slate. We'll talk more about that as we go. But interesting options that we will have when we build our lineup for Thursday Night Football a little bit later on in the show. But also let's talk about some other news that came through. DeAndre Swift, and I will always give credit to Pete. I, uh, Pete, I sometimes don't give you enough credit or I give you credit you for things. The things that you don't want credit for, that's where I give you credit. Correct. What are you going to give me credit for? Go ahead. DeAndre Swift, I will always say that you were riding you were riding this guy, which we need better. I needed to say that better. But you were riding this guy for a while before really everybody else had caught on board and started to get there. And now he's going to be out next week. He's been a crucial part of this offense. That's so, so bad. And Jamal Williams shaping up to be huge chalk. I saw an Osmo just shy of a 20% ownership projection. I'm sure not too far off, maybe even a little bit higher on ETR or on the Sims, some of the other sites out there. So are you buying in on Jamal Williams this week as a chalk play at home against Minnesota? 
Yeah, he's going to project really well. I think my guess is I'm going to, if I'm going to eat chalk in that range, I think I'll probably rather get up to James Conner or get up to Antonio Gibson for, you know, just a few hundred more dollars. I just feel like those guys are going to have a higher ceiling ultimately based on their offenses and their role, but he's a good play. He's going to project really well. He, I, I don't think he's like, this isn't like, you know, Kareem Hunt, you know, projection, you know, when Chubb is out though. I mean, it's still, you know, Jamal Williams doesn't have the monster ceiling. It's it's the floor that you get excited about with Jamal Williams because you know he's going to get you 12, 13 points in this spot, you know, 90% of the time. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see him definitely being a solid floor play. I do have him, I feel, a little bit aggressively overprojected uh, with my projections that I'm running myself. And um, I find that troubling. And I do think, Pete, uh, there's a really obvious pivot point here. I think we all know who it is. One Josh Reynolds, perhaps a game script that doesn't allow Jamal Williams to get the full workload. Uh, maybe you could say your Jamar Jefferson's, your Godwin Isabukes, but I would say Josh Reynolds to me screams out as a play. You just must have this week versus Minnesota. So the thing about Reynolds is you're correct. He does actually look like a solid play, but because there are no other good options under 4k i feel like he might end up being fairly popular do you think that's just because of no other options or because we promoted him so heavily across several pieces of content last week i uh, uh to me that ownership is entirely coming from people looking at projection systems and not spags drunkenly saying he loves josh reynolds on the ship chasing stream <laughs> for four hours straight <laughs> the touting when you really dig your heels in like that but i'm intrigued by one josh reynolds i'm curious to see if that ownership does come up looks like an osmo under five percent expected ownership actually just at five percent so an interesting one there uh see the chat there from marie pete that you want to maybe address yeah it, it was weird with this stuff with uh Taysom hill having the plantar fasciitis and you know it made you a little concerned would he run quite as much because that's obviously the thesis of the Taysom Hill play is that he's going to run a bunch uh he practiced in full so I, I I'm just going to take it that he's completely good to go I mean as long of a leash as they gave you know Trevor Simeon I I have to assume that he's full full go now um but it is like slightly concerning uh I don't know but I'm not docking it too much I think you just kind of play him as you you otherwise would yeah, I think it's a reasonable way to look at it. If you want to put in an exposure cap on them, if you are crunching or, or even if you're hand building, you know, put a mental exposure cap on there. I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. But uh, I would, I agree with you. Like, I think if they're giving him the full run, you know what Taysom Hill's going to do. You want him to be feeling about as good as he can for the kind of player he is. The guy who's going to obviously run a lot um, when he's out there. So I think that's a spot where you have to hope the injury's there. And if the team is playing him and playing him at full strength, you have to hope you're going to get that full snap count. Other news, which I thought was interesting, that was I saw on the Fantasy Life app, another great news source out there amongst the many, but I do think uh, they do a good job really compiling things on there. Of course, part of the Bet Spurts Network. Uh, Texans missing David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, non-COVID related illnesses, but all those guys are out. Danny Amendola also has a knee issue, so he's not been practicing. You're playing Indianapolis at home, Pete, in a spot where you have to think the game script could result in them having some pass game work. So is there anybody you would play on Houston if you have literally all these guys who've done pretty much everything offensively for the Texans? And that's not much, I admit that. But if the, all these guys are out, is there anybody you would actually want to play? No, uh, I mean, I guess we might be able to see if there's some 
you know, extreme pump play value that could open up. But this, this feels like one of those classic spots of you don't need to force the bring back. You know, if you want to onslaught, you know, Indianapolis here, uh, I think that's, that's the way to play it. I, I, I don't think the only thing I might do is, is Jordan Akins or, or Brevin Jordan. Did they get hit by the, the COVID spell or there? Brevin right? Jordan available. And he's actually the guy I was going to go back yeah. to, but I'll let you make the point first. No, no, I was just going to say, if you're ever going to just kind of fully punt it off on a bad team, you could definitely do worse than uh brevin jordan and he actually is kind of past jordan akins he had that touchdown um so yeah i don't mind that how what is his salary he wasn't even in my spreadsheet minimum salary 2500 all right all right go ahead Get, sell the people on drevin jordan I'm, I'm on board with this take he's an intriguing play he hasn't gotten a lot of work it's not the biggest sample size but a 22 percent target per route run rate's a pretty solid one tight ends do tend to have that number be a little bit higher but still um that's a mark that to me does scream a guy that could be solid 75 percent catch rate for himself Nico Collins, I think you could certainly make a case for as well, but Revan Jordan's actually put up some results, whereas Nico really hasn't so much. And minimum salary, tight end, I think he's a guy I'll get some exposure to and probably won't feel great about much like Ryan Griffin last week, but sometimes that does make the rest of the lineup work. So uh, Rex Burkhead, I would also submit to the, to the audience as well. An interesting play, given that he does have touchdown equity, has had it every stop he's had, and they've shown no, you know, no fear of going to him as heavy as the Patriots used to, so... I think you can make the case. It's not a fantastic feeling case. Yeah, I think my lean is that there's going to be probably maybe too much opportunity cost this week at running back just because there's so many good plays in that 500 or 5,000 range and a lot of good plays on the upper end too. So I probably won't be dumpster diving at running back, but uh, I'll tell you what, like when you look at winning lineups this year, uh, I mean, going cheap at running back just in the macro has been uh, one of the better strategies. And Mathology in the chat saying, can't forget T.Y. against Houston. Uh, certainly an interesting play to consider if Jonathan Taylor is going to be as chalky as uh, some of the projections have out there or some of the ownership projections have out there. I think he's actually currently projected by Osmo to be the number one overall player on the week. We'll see if that holds up at over 9K salary on DraftKings. Uh, other items we got news-wise, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, both missing practice. Jordan Howard for a knee. Boston Scott due to an illness that I didn't say was non-COVID related, but you have to assume is not COVID related. And if you do have this spot, Pete, with no Jordan Howard, no Boston Scott, are you willing to go to Miles Sanders after he got banged up last week, but is expected to go against the Jets? Yeah, it, I thought earlier in the week he might not play, uh, but it does sound like he's going to be fine now. I mean, he's he's just such an unexciting option in that he, he generally will break off like one big play that teases you, but then they'll give carries and, and touches to so many other players in this backfield it's just like they come out of the woodwork i wouldn't be surprised to see kenny gainwell all of a sudden be involved again so no i'm not too excited to play miles sanders again right there at 5200 i think i'd rather play one of those other running backs we mentioned before yeah, maybe the Jalen Hurts bounce back game after he scored under 10 fantasy points the first time as a starter. There's a lot of logic, I think. I've been trying some other shots, but you know, if you want to get a little bit of Miles Sanders under 5%, I think wouldn't be the craziest move. Melvin Gordon, 50-50 to play Sunday night at Kansas City. And the question, Pete, I will have for you, and I think you probably would have played a lot of this guy anyway for the Sunday night football showdown lineups, but Javante Williams, no Melvin Gordon. These guys have been 50-50 split all season long in terms of both the pass game work and the run game work. Is there any world in which you wouldn't play Javante Williams if Melvin Gordon misses versus uh, the Chiefs on Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a bummer that's not on the main slate in like a late game. That would have been a fun late swap option to have. But yes, he will be he'll be a smash uh, in showdown if, if Melvin Gordon isn't playing. Uh, and I don't really I do think it'll be one of those scenarios. You know, there's some backfields where it's like, OK, 
Um, you know, say with Christian McCaffrey out, like I think it's safe to expect that Chuba is not going to get, you know, 100% of the carries. I do really think with the Denver backfield, Javante would get, you know, 90, 95% of the work if Melvin Gordon was out because they really haven't utilized another back all year. So yeah, it would be a great spot for him. Yeah, so definitely keep an eye on that one as we get closer to it. And if we have any breaking news, or not any breaking news, but anything that we know tomorrow, we'll certainly mention it on tomorrow's show with Osmos Greg Ehrenberg joining us, one of our guests at the back half of last season who we liked a lot. And of course, I've spent a lot of quality time with Greg on those Osmos streams. So come tune in tomorrow and you'll get some great takes from him. And we'll probably mean to our pal Eric Lindquist as well. Last news item I have, and we'll see if Pete has any others, but Daniel Jones was reportedly going to be out. Now he's practicing. Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard remain hard to pin down prior to their game at Miami. Uh, does this matter at all for you, Pete, after we saw the Giants very, very limply beat the Eagles last week? Yeah, I mean, they're just so unexciting uh, in general from a fantasy standpoint. I don't, um, I mean, it'll just get worse without Daniel Jones. I mean, at least Daniel Jones has the capability to make some big plays. But yeah, they'd be in, in major trouble if he can't go. Sorry, Mike he- Leonard. Any other news for you that seemed important? I tried to get the most important ones. Darren Waller, I think, still being out, not the biggest surprise. He's not practicing again. I feel like give your bump up to Hunter Renfro, give your bump up to really Josh Jacobs, I think, would get a nice little jump up. But anything else for you besides that, or I guess including that? No, I feel like we've hit uh, most of the big ones. I don't think there's any other kind of like really big injury stuff that we're waiting on. All right, so we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Again, tune in 2.30 Eastern time for the Splash Play Ride or Die Pick Show with our pal Greg Ehrenberg from Osmo, and we'll talk about some more news items then. Uh, But Pete, so I think we should probably spin the wheel and make the deal for our viewer guests before we do the low-probability crystal ball, which we can uh, do before we let them into the room so we can do that with a little bit less shame (laughs) that we'll have. Uh, We also have numbers don't lie still, so I feel like doing the wheel now seems to make the most sense. Yep, I am just uh, updating a few uh, extra names that trickled in here, making sure I got everyone. I see Silas, Steve, Willis, Brian, Tom, Alex, and Zach. So here's a question. Are you rooting for anybody? Because I will say I have one person I'm rooting for here because I think he's retweeted every single one and I want him to get the shot, but I want to see if you have any, any leans. Um, no, is it, I, is this like, you know, someone that has been buying you weed in Philadelphia that you still won't dox? No, that that person is not in fact, one of the retweeters though. I I have to say, actually, it's unfair for me to say there's just one person, but I am rooting for Silas. I feel like Silas has been at the pay window a few times and then we just shut it down right in his face. Steve Leibovitz though, has been like a guy who's been nice to me on the internet for, I think the last few years an awesome guy. So I feel like I'm rooting for him too. And then Willis, you know, we, we've had Willis on the show. There's a lot of people that you could root for. I mean, if you ever want to get Spags's good graces, just drop him like one nice line on Twitter. Like if you just said something to Spags, like, hey, Spags, uh, I really appreciate your content. I think you do a great job. Spags will fucking root for you till the end of time. It's true. I very much the golden rule. Pete, somebody does something nice for you. You pay it back. And that's what I do for anybody with the mildest social media engagements. I retain them all right here. Um, All right. I have the wheel up here. Um. I'm not going to play favorites. You are all my favorite, except the Mortgage King. We can't have him on uh, anymore, although he is on the wheel. If Mortgage King wins, uh, we'll get a fourth. Um, We need something for the beautiful texture of this show other than the Island King. Um, Okay. Give me a number of shuffles here. Uh, I'll say two shuffles. Two shuffles. One shuffle. So DJ Local saying love to do background specs. Thank you. You're my favorite DJ, whether you be local or not local. Uh, (laughs) Willis. Our accountant is coming on. Love it. All right. So there we go. 
it's funny that we're repeating people and then guys like Silas. Silas has been retweeting. He's been enough on your streams, apparently, is what he's saying in chat. But um, well, do you want? I, I mean, if, if you want to make a rule that there's no repeat guests, then you need to make that rule. That is true. We are very much we're like little lawyers on this show. Where if there is not something clearly spelled out, as, <laughs> as the Constitution has showed us of late, if it's not clearly spelled out, we are going to nickel and dime every way about that. And I guess yeah, well, well it's our but. Also, you now make Willis feel like shit. Like we should be excited to have Willis come I'm on, and you're like, "Oh, Willis. guys, <laughs> already come on. Oh, this sucks, Willis. Fuck off." We just do a bit <laughs> where we welcome people to the family. I want to keep welcoming people in, give them big old hugs and kisses, of course. <laughs> Look at this. Now the chat's in chaos. Silas is saying, "Let someone else on." Willis is saying, "Let Silas on." Silas is saying, "No, it's fine. It's Willis. You did this." Tom getting We're radicalized, saying the rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> We're turning people against the show by not giving them a bit. I mean, how about this? Let's let's do something crazy, Pete. How about we have Willis on and we also <laughs> we also bring on Silas and Tom. It I mean, let's not. I mean, how many of these how many uh lowball teams are we drafting? We're we're drafting 5 if that were the scenario. I this is too far. This it's is too, too far. far. It's You've too, gone far. too far. All right. This is what we're doing. We're having Willis on because he won and you and oh, wait, I. Wait, can we do a popularity contest for the second vote? So the chat has to guess or has to suggest who we bring on besides Willis. No. So it's like being prom king. You're going to make me. We can have them do popularity contests between us because we have thick skin. Don't make people in the chat just going about their day feel like shit because they lost a chat popularity contest. Well, it's not, but it's not really about like their popularity. It's about who's like the most active. That's who they'll reward. See? And now Alex feels left out. This specs, you are fucking <laughs> killing me right now. Look, we don't ask for retweets very often, but when we ask for a retweet, take that retweet. If you want to be on the show, be in the mix. People know how the retweet works. It gives you one entry on the wheel to get on the show. Willis won. If we want to change the rules next week, we can't. Greg's like, never knew Spags hated Willis's company. <laughs> exactly. Willis has done more for this show than any single fan and viewer of this show. And you were just like, eh, Willis. Eh. I like Willis. Oh, I just want to. Just... <laughs> Willis isn't coming on now. <laughs> yes, because you made it feel like shit. Instead of being like, yes, we get Willis on. You're like, eh. God, <laughs> Gem City saying eight man stream, let everyone in. I think that's fair too. I like how the only options right now appear to be everyone comes on or no one wants to come on. This is what we're doing. It's like being back at elementary school. Did we bring enough low ball to share with everyone, Pete? And I think we did. No, this is this is what's happening. I am making an executive decision. We are going to spin the wheel again. Whosoever fucking name comes up, even if it's, it's Willis, the, unless it's the Mortgage King. Is coming on. Yeah, Silas saying about to lose the Football Outsider sponsorship. Yeah, go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe if you want to get on if you want to get on the wheel right now. 99 cents a week. Give me give me a number of shuffles. Uh three shuffles. One, two, three. This is binding. I don't even give a shit if you guys don't want to come on. You're coming on the damn show if your name comes up. All right, spin the wheel and make the deal. Who's joining us on the show? I hope it's Willis again. Please act excited, no matter who it is. Tom Storm! Tom! Come on down, Tom. Yes, come on down, Tom. <laughs> My God, this is the worst giveaway we've ever done.
<laughs> uh, let's let me send him the link on Twitter because I do have his handle. And then I think Pete, if we want to start to get into character as well, or do we? Yeah, we got. We'll do numbers don't lie with Tom, and I think we'll we'll do the low probability crystal ball before that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, what a we honestly though, no other shows doing this, Pete, and that's where we really get people. Is we're no we're other show is doing what alienating the people who want to come on. Yeah, no other <laughs> shows doing that. All right, Tom, check your DMs. Splashplay just DM'd you with a stream yard link. screaming to come on. This, well, this show. Let's, let's get Willis on, too. No, Four I made the rules. Willis had his chance. Willis turned it down. <sighs> Willis, I wanted you on so bad. I was just playing hard to get. Um, Tom, you Tom, you have a few minutes. Nana Pete's about to fucking rip Spags hard in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into character of course because it is time it's actually pete we're gonna have some fun new graphics pete doesn't even know this yet the graphic design team over at football outsiders edge sports our parent company champion gaming uh did some great designs here that include an 8-bit crystal ball that include an 8-bit piece of pizza and uh and pasta for welcome to the family so we're getting some new things in the mix but now it's time of course for the low pro for the low probability crystal ball where we'll look into our crystal balls and determine some low likely outcomes that could in fact grace your presence this upcoming weekend oh spags i have been dreading this segment all week now i have to stare at your shitty pitiful christmas tree Whoa. what do you think you are fucking charlie brown a very timely reference for an elderly woman Oh, well, I I was part of the initial people who wrote Charlie Brown. I actually storyboarded it on a chalkboard before it was later animated. I am the inventor of Charlie Brown. Oh, you're the inventor? You're Charles Schultz. My... I went to school with a boy named Charles Schultz. I am not Charles Schultz, let the record show, but I am part of the intellectual property and hive mind that created the show. <laughs> so what about the comic strip version of it? As if it? There was a comic strip that led to the show. To this day, I receive royalties for every single comic strip, okay, that has to do with Charlie Brown. How do you think I became so rich and able to dick around and do stuff like this instead of working? A fair point, Nana Pete. And I suppose the question I would have for you is I look into my crystal ball and I can't see the answer. Do you want to go first? Go first? No, I generally prefer for you to say something shitty and then i can shit on it and feel better about myself sounds like you're the real number two is what my crystal ball is saying but my crystal ball in fact is digging deep with real numbers today for some reason crunching the numbers uh new england uh the new england patriots in fact plus 900 currently a 10 percent implied probability to win the super bowl Tampa Bay, plus 500, according to the books of sports out there. 16.7% implied probability to win the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Football Outsiders, a place that my crystal ball tells me you could subscribe to at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. They have New England, 
25.4% chance to win the Super Bowl, Nana Pete. And not only that, the Bucks are 20% chance. These are plus EV bets, Peter. But wait, there's more <laughs> the crystal ball when somebody does prep for this segment for once. Tampa Bay, plus 275 to win the NFC. Put that in a parlay with New England, plus 450. A $20 parlay, Nana Pete, will win you some Charlie Brown money. $413 is what my crystal ball hath said. Are you done? Are you done? Uh, I thought I thought that my great analysis was making you break character, and in fact, it just lulled you to sleep. Oh, I was sleeping, Spags, and it's nice to know that Football Outsiders is making us some new graphics and giving us a directive to inject these segments with more sports betting content. I assume they thought it was too DFS heavy there for a bit, and they said, Spags, why don't you start talking about some of our tools as they relate to futures odds? I will tell you, Pete, there is, in fact, an alarming lack of guidance that comes down my way. <laughs> but but we, there's a fun narrative to spin, and the crystal ball seeth all. So tell me, Nana Pete, what doth yours say right now? I'm looking deep into a crystal ball, and one thing I couldn't help but notice last week is all the Joe Mixon slappies got there with a bunch of touchdowns, and I assume the slappies will be back riding the Mixon, just spanking him on his little butt all the way into their lineups. <laughs> but what I would like to say is we should not forget about a general pros generational prospect, a, a boy I actually went to grade school with, Jamar Chase. He is going to have a monster game and all of those little boys slapping Joe Mixon's tushy will regret it. They will rue the day they played Joe Mixon in that tight little buttocks of his over <laughs> Jamar Chase. And sure, there might be other options in that range, but I'm telling you right now, if you are even just putting a pair of hip huggers on Joe Mixon in your lineup if you are frothing at the mouth because he does a bunch of glute stretches. Well, I'll tell you what, you're wrong. Jamar Chase is the play. <laughs> so first of all, so just a couple questions, a couple follow-up questions for Nata Pete of, here. Of course, I'm an open book, Spence. So when, when we're playing players in our lineups, does that mean we are – an implied slap of their buttocks for each player in our lineup. No, no, no. Whatever your sick mind is interpreting from my flowery language is on you and your own perversions. No, I was simply saying that sometimes people like to give a little squeeze in the buttocks to get the boy in their lineup. And I'm saying make sure you're grabbing a hunk of the right meat, Spags. Is that what your hand building is all about? Is that, in fact, it's hard to decipher your hand building sweatshirt or the that your grandson Peter has put together out there and is that in fact a hand about to slap the derriere of a player into a lineup people forget that now you have these tools for hand building and you use these filthy devices to put players back in my day you'd give a nice slap on the ass and the player would get right into your lineup it was the original hand building and you'd mold <laughs> that ass around your likeness and put it in your lineup <laughs> Well, I also enjoyed that in there you said monster like you were going to break into the monster mess, which I quite frankly would have supported. 
they're doing the best. It's the monster mess. Uh, Nana Pete, you want to take two in a row here? Because I, I don't even know. I how to would these honestly up. like a break because uh, there's only so much ass Nana Pete can talk about in one day. Well, that is, that's a fair one. I will look into my crystal ball then one more time. And not only do I see the viewership continuing to plummet as we do oh, esoteric God. bits. We are down 10 <laughs> viewers ever since I started talking about Joe Mixon's ass. His sweet slappable derriere has in fact scared the people away, but perhaps they'll like to hear more about a football play rather than a gesture towards one man's anus. And in fact, we'll hear more about Brevin Jordan, a minimum salary player that my crystal ball says will 10x his salary this weekend, break the slate wide open with a name that sounds like a 80s R&B star. That's Brevin Jordan for you. You know, it's such classic bullshit, Spags, is the one thing I look into my crystal ball. Oh, what's this I see for the 19th time? Spags recycling a player he used in another <laughs> segment for this one. Can you give us one original thought, one golden nugget? Maybe at least talk to us about Brevin Jordan's nice, juicy butt. Anything but the same old analysis rehashed within a different segment. I suppose as a follow-up, this could be a week in which you play two tight ends that only account for $5,200 in your salary because Darren Waller, Nana Pete, very banged up. And I see that we are heading to the island of Dr. Foster Moreau this weekend, one of the top value plays on the slate and a rare case where you could play two tight ends because of Brevin Jordan. Again, 10xing his salary, a pretty impressive feat, one could say. I want everyone watching at home right now to set their crystal ball down and to give a big round of applause because old Spaggy's knows that 2700 plus 2500 equals $5,200. It's the kind of arithmetic I used to learn back in the schoolyard barn back in 1934 when I was fiddling with Jamar Chase underneath the table. <laughs> Was Debo Samuel jealous after all the hopscotch you played together? We had a very progressive relationship, Debo, Jamar, Chase, and I, and much like Debo is now out of the picture for fantasy football <laughs> at recess, he was out of the picture when Jamar and I were in the outhouse. <laughs> Nana Pete, the a patron saint of cuckolding. That's <laughs> what that sounds like. Please don't say such offensive words. It was merely an expression of my vibrancy and my love. <laughs> Your flower <laughs> blossoming before their eyes, and even though now it is covered in cobwebs with nary a lily to be found. <laughs> Oh, please don't underestimate my vibrant sex life, even at the ripe old age of 93. Nana Pete has been known to take a ride or two about town on the express train, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Kyle Davis, does Joe Mixon have a tight end, he wonders. I suppose we are, but we're all talking about tight ends of the Crystal Ball segment today. I couldn't help but notice the views started to go back up once I talked about buying a one-way ticket to Pound Town. <laughs> the old Amtrak heading to Pound Town back in the 20s was the hottest ride around. 
I've you know, had what? more crystal ball prediction than a pit. You just want to do sex jokes all the time. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to talk about an exchange student named Foster Moreau who visited, but I've always been cucked on that pick, so... I'll talk about wide receivers. I always love talking about wide receivers. They're very nice and exciting and exciting. Well, the wider the better, my crystal ball says. I, I will say, speaking of wide receivers, and if, if you do indulge me on a Thursday night football pick, and I like the under if you're watching Football Outsiders, use footballoutsiders.com for all our analysis do you know who has the nicest butt and this is not even a joke i sometimes watch the cowboys and i say michael gallup has such a nice butt they look so nice in those silver pants and all of the you know crevices and wrinkles and everything you want to see is accentuated beautifully i'm almost tempted to pull up an image of it on google <laughs> Well, you know why he has such a nice butt, Nana Pete? Because he's always galloping. I will not allow that joke. I just really don't really want to hear about it. Um, oh, okay. Nana Pete Cavanaugh not allowing. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd like to spend our time doing wholesome, productive things like pulling up a screen share. Of Michael Gallup's butt. Tell me that's not a nice butt. No, that's right? a what, what is this flat wall? That looks like the background here. Just a flat nothing hats on old Michael Gallup. Are you kidding me? Get your eyes fixed. I'll I'll buy you LASIK surgery if you can't see the beautiful contours of that butt. Okay. Well, I guess we know what Nana Pete likes. You are from a different era where they did like a flatter ass, if we all recall the 80s. Boy, lots of flat asses were all over those movies. I just realized that the whole time we've been doing this segment, our featured guest Tom has been watching in the hopper. I hope he's not too hot under the collar after all this butt talk. Well, let's let's end the segment now, unless Nana Pete has anything else that she'd like to throw out. No, it's been a pleasure as always. And by pleasure, I mean the worst fucking part of my day. <laughs> Thank you. Go pleasure yourself, Nana Pete and Zine. Now we are free <coughs> unencumbered by <laughs> this one. And uh, we got our guy Tom in the chat now. <laughs> well, Tom well, Source. Hello, Tom. <laughs> oh, what's going on, guys? I feel Hi. this feels controversial. Uh, it feels like uh, a stolen spot on the show. I don't know if. Uh, if uh, I should be representing Willis in this case, but uh, yeah, what's going on? I like that you're bringing some mystical qualities too with your hood up right now. Oh, you yeah. look like, mm. like a handsome Yoda. <sighs> this is the look of someone who's been working all day and hasn't taken a shower yet. So it's fine. Yeah. Like what are you, what are you working on? Uh, I have a long job title that just means uh, analyst for a very big bank. We'll put it that way. Okay. Because we're typing are... away in a computer. All right. Because we we are willing to do plugs. You know, uh, we have promoted <laughs> pasta houses, mortgage companies. I mean, if there's anything you want us to plug, Spags will legitimately reference it for the next year. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'll come up with something. That's good. I'm sure Morgan Stanley needs the plugs. <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah, I guess sure, that right. I'm Tom, sure. I'm I did sure, my yeah. apologies. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, right, let's do some of our classic bits here that Tom can play a part in. Of course, our cherished viewer guest for this episode. Actually, Tom, I'll give you the floor first. Any plugs you want to hit on for yourself? And if you want to plug a Twitter real fast, get it out to the people out there because we appreciate you doing the show. Yeah, I don't really do much on Twitter. I use it just to kind of um, uh, kind of just see what's coming my way. But um, uh, I was talking about this on um, on the one show I was on before, but I'm, I'm a professional bowler. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tom Sorcy, same as the, the name on there. Uh, it hasn't had anything new on it for the past year or so because I haven't been out much, uh, during COVID and things, but there's going to be, um, a bunch of new content on there for, um, new equipment that's coming out from storm and roto grip, the company that sponsors me. So if anybody likes bowling, um, check it out. There'll be some good stuff on there coming up. Am I soon. seeing an article in the Buffalo news about your nine thirty six score leading qualifiers uh, by 40 the, pins you <laughs> smoked other the, professional bowlers? by 40 pins this feels like a repeat of of, of club tab shop but yeah there's there's some stuff on there out oh, there I don't watch um, that shit, Tom, yeah no it's a, it's a it's it's a good time but uh Wait, hang on hang on tom you don't want i couldn't help but notice you in our spaces though the other night spag is you pretty uh convenient you don't watch the show but you hop in the spaces i was just curious to see what was going on i was wondering if there was if you were getting that twitter spark program money now <laughs> he's just he, he just hops in to see if you mention him probably right he on does. any other shows that you have he's just trying he to see if his name comes out yeah. he was doing the little request yeah. emoji pick me yeah. your lulls i watch to pleasure myself and then the club top shot spaces i go and listen to just that's be like, like uh the, i was watching the, the lulls from yesterday like that the uh the name thing like that's for real we used to have i used to have a podcast back in the day with a buddy mine about movies and we had like one episode titled boner and sweatpants and it got like massively way more views than any other episode that we had well, there we go so naked yoga boner and sweatpants and your d asking the hard-hitting questions that we yeah. should be asking what's your go-to bowling ball storm and roto grip best company on the planet that's the one to get promo code uh, I wish. I'll have to talk to him. We'll figure something. Okay. Chris, Chris, this isn't a bit. This dude's a legit good bowler. <laughs> like you think he's just a just doing this as a bit? A classic like... bowling bit where you bring somebody on, they pretend to be really yeah, good bowling. Yeah. Like I can use my my bowling knowledge to turn it into fantasy sports. What is what is this, Kyle? Wait, is this a random viewer? I no offense to that. I don't, Tom's I don't, the fucking president random. of fantasy yeah. football. What do you want? <laughs> That is what we do on Thursdays. We welcome in people who are in the community who are watching the show and hanging out with us because that's the kind of love we give back. But honestly, I have to say one observation, and Tom, I'm going to say it in front of your face because you're here, oh, uh, but it is a compliment. Oh. We've gotten really lucky with people who are shockingly good on camera and good at doing streams. Like, I feel like this really is, we've luck boxed this bit about as well as anybody can. So I kind of agree with you, Spags, but I also think that you just have then this just opinion of just commenters and viewers of just these like Neanderthals <laughs> this is a with bunch a bunch of trolls of, and ogres yeah, in the a basement. Bunch of empty yeah. Mountain Dew cans behind them. It's Spags. It's like, oh, thank God, another normal individual. <laughs> I, I spent $10,000 on acting lessons just to be on this show today. So it better fucking pay off. That's all I got to say about that. I'm just pleasantly surprised there aren't people with like bottles of cum behind them. Oh, <laughs> And stacked up pizza boxes. Not for a clever Italian-based bit, but in general. We got to make time here, though. So let's do the let's do numbers don't lie, because Lord knows I did not prepare this for nothing. I'm going to read three stats. Two of them are true. One of them is a fake. And both Tom and Pete are going to guess it here. And I'm sure you guys, I don't need the explainer. You guys get it. Let's go into my overly written things. Records don't really matter in fantasy football. We know that by now. So how closely are you tracking the standings? And would you be surprised to know that the Ravens are currently the number one seed in the AFC with an eight and three record, a half game up solely because of having their buy already. 
How about the Bengals being ahead of Buffalo in playoff seating currently? Thanks to the tiebreaker having a better record in conference games. Pete, I fucking know you don't know this. Was this one true or is this a lie? Didn't have enough time to research these. You d- decided to go to the old standings well for numbers don't lie. <laughs> no, I actually just thought standings are interesting. We don't talk about them enough. So I was like, well, this is a fun stat. <laughs> Zachary, Zachary says he'll show some Aww. bottles. Give me a Spags, you're looking at your dog. Your I'm looking at the dogs are going nuts because I think my girlfriend's returning from her OB appointment that I couldn't make because we were too busy talking about Joe Mixon's butt. <laughs> um, uh, we'll get. Yeah, I I have I have no take. Tom, do you have a take on that stat? I don't even know. Was it a stat? Did he just like well, read stuff to us? So if in fact the Ravens are eight and three because I haven't looked at the standings, then it makes sense. I'm a Bills fan. I live in Buffalo, so I think we're like sixth. So it would not surprise me if. The Bengals were in front of us. So I'm leaning toward true. Also, yeah. Kyle, now life goal just became to get on this show. I Kyle's probably got the jars of cum. That's why. <laughs> just wants to hurt me. Next stat up. We like to have some fun at this show at the expense of one LaVisca Chenault. But with Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew sideline, it's a very small sample size. This could mean big things for Pete's favorite tiny helmet. And splits without Arnold, Agnew, and DJ Chark this year. LaVisca's had a shocking 45% target per route run rate. They've attempted to give him the ball a, a lot with a 53% intended touch rate. Pete, actually, I'll ask Tom first. Tom, does that sound like it could be true? I, I think it's false because, uh, like, Agnew's been out not, for not long, and I don't think he played a lot the first few weeks, and Visca wasn't getting anything his way. So DJ I, I got enough playing. Visca shares, too. I don't buy that. I know that it's bullshit because of Spags mad-libbed on a lot. In there. He stumbled over it. He was putting in bullshit like 45%, numbers. 45%. Like, yes. There's no way. The lady doth protest too much. A lot. There's <laughs> the dogs going nuts. Anyway, the last stat here. T. Higgins went off in week 12, much to the consternation of our lowball-loving YouTube chat. But after a slow, se- uh, slow, slow season, Higgins has his massive sp- six-catch. Boy, I'm fucking up everything. Six-catch, 114. This is not, this is not metagame. He had his massive six-catch, 114-yard, and a TD day on just 43 snaps. That number is nine less snaps than both Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd had in that game, as well as just barely ahead of Drew Samples, 39 snaps played. So, Pete, you've heard them all now. Which one's true or which two are true and which one's false? Real quick, <laughs> is this who's been taking you around Philadelphia? On your no, Mar- I did follow Marie back because I, I like his engagement. I think he's been a helpful part of the community. I enjoy seeing his tweets. So, uh, but no, he's not the one who gave me my, my sweet fix. I, I think the Visca one is bullshit because you're trying to like pump it up. Like one of those numbers, 45%. Uh, what was it? Yards per or target per route run rate tar- target per. I feel like you're trying yeah, no to, there's no way it's no small way. sample size ball, Pete. <laughs> no, it's not, I don't think it is. Cause, cause I don't think Agnew played that much for the first five or six weeks or whatever. Right. Right. You guys both win. It's fake. I just thought Pete would go like, Ooh, I didn't know this. And then he would, I've literally sniffed this out every <laughs> single week. No Spag. one has more Visca info than Pete. This is what happens. Spag spends so much time overwriting the setup to the numbers that he just doesn't actually ever get any believable numbers. I mean, the standings one is pretty crazy that the Ravens are in first place. They've been playing like <laughs> shit. 
It is the best part about that is you knowing that I'd actually have no clue what the standings oh, are. <laughs> so it's honestly weird. Like, look up the AFC standings. It's like the Ravens are eight and three. Uh, two teams are eight and four. Then there's a bunch of teams that are seven and four. It's like the most parody filled record thus far in the season, at least. The Bills but, will yeah. be first by the end of the year. You don't got to worry about it. Yeah. But they've also, according to Football Outsiders, Tom had the easiest schedule thus far this year, and now they're they're heading on their downturn. So if you're a Bills fan, maybe be a little bit less confident. Is what Unconcerned. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Tom. You are the bowler here. So let's do a thing that I guess this is the opposite of bowling anyway. Uh, but golf would be appropriate. A low ball lineup build, Pete. I feel like it's that time here and we'll we'll hustle through it as best we can. But we are going to go one by one here. Snake draft format and try to build the worst lineup that we can for week 13. Tom, how ready do you feel for this moment in the sunshine? So I didn't feel that ready, but just in case my name got pulled today, I actually pulled some projections and started messing Ooh. around with some things that make sense. And I have to apologize in advance because I'm going to annihilate you both. So I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. The All confidence right. of a young island mortgage king. Well, <laughs> to kind of emphasize uh, and also rub in your face when you lose, I'll, I'll let you have the first pick. I'll let you have the first pick. I think that there's some ones I can get by later. So I'm going to try to use some salary out of the gate and I'm going to take Najee Harris. Okay. Yeah. That game looks ugly. Yeah. 7,700. He's not, he has a really good floor, but his ceiling just probably is not going to hurt you. Yeah, I I would agree. I think that's a reasonable first pick. And uh, Pete, you can go second here because I'm logging to the DraftKings. All right. I am going, obviously we don't have, uh, Taysom Hill anymore. That meta is gone. The Trey Lance stuff has been pretty shaky. Um, but there is another backup quarterback who has been finding his way onto the field a little bit. Some people might remember Marcus Mariota on Thanksgiving getting a couple carries, including a touchdown run. So I am going to aim for uh, the one or two snaps that Mariota plays and risk the 20 points if he doesn't get on the field. Okay. Ballsy play here for Pete, but that's a fair one. I am going to go to a guy that actively killed me last week, and I'm sure means that he'll be great this week, but I, I'm losing faith in him the more that he continues to play. Zach Wilson will be my QB here since we're all doing the QB. Well, I guess we're not all doing the QB route, but I'm going to do the QB route with Pete. Yep. And uh, Zach Wilson uh, looks like truly the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough he, scene. <laughs> he really is testing all my theories. I know we did a draft show where I was like, Zach Wilson kind of intrigued. He and Justin Fields are really making me rethink everything that I thought about how kind of rate college players coming out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who's going to be your turn pick? Uh, and then my turn pick is going to be, uh, will not be Alex Madison. Um, I, you know what? I'll take a guy who just has to regress this week. Did not work out for a low ball team last week, but this week, Leonard Fournette, hopefully all the scoring goes somewhere else. Step on down. There you go. That one did not work out for me last week. I was actually thinking through that today. I was in the car and I was thinking about my low ball process. And I was like, I just flew a little too close to the sun, loading up on bucks in a game where they had like a 30 point team total. Um, And so I learned my lesson and uh, you know, we're not going to make that mistake again. Um, All right. I am going to kind of follow uh, where Tom was going at and saying that game was gross. And one of the wide receivers who I like, um, but I think his price tag is a little pricey with just how Ben's playing these days. I'm going to put Chase Claypool in at 6,000. Okay. It's all Deontay Johnson's world. We know that Tom, you get two picks in a row. Uh, Claypool was on my list, but I'm going to, I'm going to correlate a little bit and I'm going to take Marquise Brown 
um, in that low total game. Um, it, I saw it, many I don't know. correlation I just, here. Yeah, let's just hope the whole thing doesn't work. And then I don't trust uh, Jalen Hurts. Even if he has a good game, a lot of it is rushing upside. So I'm going to take um, Javante Smith. Okay, yeah, Smith looked like a good one uh, to me as well. Um, all right, we are back on. I am going to... I'm going to do the tight end who looks uh, the most overpriced to me on this slate. I'm going to do Zach Ertz here at uh, 5,400. Okay, That's a reasonable pick. And I'm going to go to a guy that I thought maybe you would take, but certainly comes with some risk in this spot against Las Vegas. But Terry McLaurin, 7,400. Looks like one of the worst values on the slate relative to the higher priced guys. And uh, fine GPP play, but a guy that I think is a good low ball pick. All right. What what is your turn? Um... Let's see. Tevin Coleman, I think, is going to play, but I don't know that that's worth that. Um, You know what? I'm going to take Ty Johnson here. So I'm going to go for the negative correlation with Zach Wilson. Uh, He's not expensive, but he's 4,600, a little more expensive than he should be. And hopefully that will give me not get killed by running backs for one week. Yes. uh, Doesn't look too bad. There's there's lots of good running back picks down in that uh, sub five range. And in fact... Maybe I'll grab one right now. I will grab, um, I'll grab Booker who now that Saquon's back and, uh, getting the majority of work has been uh, pretty marginalized. So he looks a little too pricey there. All right, Tom, your two picks in a row. Let me see. I'm going to go all in on this, uh, Pittsburgh Baltimore game and I'm going to take Mark Andrews. Mm. And then I haven't quite looked into why, but, the Arizona projections for their passing game looks pretty bad. Uh, so I'm going to do uh, Chris Kirk. Christian Kirk. His friends call him Chris Kirk. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's also I, getting the, the PGA in me too a little bit. I, I call him Chris Kirk too because once you draft him on 100 plus redacted teams, you are allowed to call him by his abbreviated first name. <laughs> Probably one of your best ball, best best ball picks, I would say. You don't know my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just inferring. All right, Pete, what do you want? Yeah, um, I am going to, I need to chew up a little bit of salary. I think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going for su- any super high-end studs, but this Seattle passing game looks broken. If I had more stones, I'd pick Metcalf, but I am just truly scared of Metcalf. So I'm going to put Lockett, and I know he had a couple of those uh, deep passes, but they are running the fewest amount of the plays in the league since Russ has come back and they just, they just don't look good to me. So once Adrian Peterson's there, Pete Carroll gets his way. They run the ball 50 times a game. Lockett fails. Yeah. Seattle looking downright hapless lately. I get that one. Uh, I'm going to continue with my jets onslaught here. I'm going to go to one Elijah Moore for one more spot. I, I think that he is a perfectly fine player. His skill set when Zach Wilson was out has sold me, but I do think at 5,500, he's going to be disappointing once again. And I hope that does end up being the case. And um, you bring know it back with Dallas Goddard. And then this lineup can win the Millie maker. <laughs> I, I instead will go to a guy. Actually, no, he's going to be, he's going to be better because I know Debo. Um, I'll go to a guy who's been really disappointing lately. And I, I think this could go on for one more week. Um, I do think your Zach Ertz pick. Now I'm seeing the salaries makes a lot more sense. Kyle Pitts though, at 5,600. I just don't have the faith anymore in him. I do think Russell Gage has moved ahead of him a little bit in the pecking order. And that's a little bit results based, but it's the Falcons have been a hard target to hit. Uh, but I think Cordell Patterson just takes everything away from Kyle Pitts. So I will go Kyle Pitts as well. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good 
play, although I do love that mini correlation with Leonard Fournette. Spags, again, just building a textbook sound <laughs> GPP light up here. You love to see it. That's so another uh, thing that Football Outsiders encouraged me to do is like make more bets and then also build really sound low ball lineups. <laughs> um, all right. I am going to I am going to grab Chris Kirk's teammate, uh, who uh is expected back, but I just don't think he's the same guy that he has been in previous seasons. I'm gonna put DeAndre Hopkins in here at sixty two hundred. Okay, interesting pick. Double Solid up on my up. Arizona. I'm going to have to make an apology to Spags because I'm going to take um, world beater Mike Davis. Ooh. Oh, I mean, hard to argue that Mike Davis disappointed <laughs> some folks out there. I don't know who's touting him before the season, but I do think they would like to have that one back several times over the, though the thesis of the play was correct. Uh, what was the thesis? That somebody was going to be good in the running backs. And it was, was <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I'll, I'll finish off my uh, position players beside the quarterback. I'll, I'll take uh, Darius Slayton. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Sterling Shepard could be back. Darius Tony could be back. Could be Mike Lennon. Leaning in on the variance there. Pete, what do you want? Yeah, I need to think through this a little bit from the in-game. I'm going to do my defense now just so then I can kind of see what salary I'm working with for the last two. I am going to do, I think I'm going to go cheaper at defense, which I normally don't do, but it really just feels like the Falcons could have negative points this week. Okay. That's an interesting one. I, I agree with you. That's why I took Kyle Pitts. So I support that take. <laughs> um, I will say, so I'm going to go. All right. So I'm just going to try to hurt my lamps. If somehow Zach Wilson is competent, I don't think that's very likely. The Eagles are 3,600. I don't think they're going to score enough as a defense to pay off that price tag. And if they do, Zach Wilson will be so bad that it won't matter. So that's why I'm going to look at this brilliant low ball construction that I'm putting out there. Eagles. Yep. Yeah. All um, right. I got two more. Um, th- 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 that doesn't make any sense for this lineup. What? What? <laughs> like for, for if it were a good lineup, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, because if, if Zach Wilson and those guys play awful, it means your defense is going to do really well. But I don't think he's going to turn it over. I think he's just going to suck <laughs> and limply lose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like a like a flaccid thing that Nana Pete would be <laughs> a big fan of. Um, I would say um, for my flex, I'm going to go to next. <sighs> how weird? How weird do we want to go here? I'm going to go, what's the price tag? No, he's too cheap. Never mind. I'm going to go a different direction than I was going to go. I'm going to go to wide receiver, and I will take a regression day from Jalen Waddle. Price tag is up. The Giants just shut down the Eagles, and maybe they could do the same for Tua Tagovailoa. All right, so Spags is going to have to spend only uh, $3,900 or more for his final pick, so that will work out for him. I'm going to have to spend some money. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to have to spend some money and I don't really love the spot I have put myself in. Um, and I think I am going to, Hmm, man, this pick is so scary, but he is overpriced. Now I can't mm. coward. It's the don't Cooper pay. cup coming in hot. Here it comes. No, no, I'm not doing <laughs> cup. I'm going to do Eckler. It still scares me, but oh, 8,300 because there's also uh, a running back that I really like at 4,900 and the math is going to work out perfectly for me to, uh, to get him in there. 
Um, okay. All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Andy Dalton and his 18-point implied team total. And then I think uh, I get to 49-5 if I do the Chargers defense. Chargers. Yes. Yep. That gets you uh, Yep. right in line there. So it's me Dalton- all the free monies. Uh-oh, Willis is so upset that I had to do Eckler. The way I was at in my salary, I had to get uh I had to have one high price guy. And then the the guy I want to fill out my lineup with is uh Gio Bernard at 4900 who's been basically completely uh phased out of the Bucks here. So I didn't check is he getting like snaps? I like I saw him looking like bad, but I don't think he's even gotten like a carrier, I guess I get a target. So last week, uh, no, one he, snap, one snap. <laughs> so it's a little bit Another risky. risky play. Yeah. A perfect low ball pick though. Last week, this week, perhaps not so much. You know what? Hmm. Oh, no, it's already, it's already in You can't go back now. Yeah. There's no way there is another good guy down there in that range. That isn't quite as risky, but is probably going to score more points. But anyways, all right. Spags, yeah. you have. Oh, I thought, oh I thought you had more. My bad. My bad. I no, I'm done. Play. I'm maxed okay. out. Um, at 40. Yeah. I I will go. So this is a tough one because I think I can't afford one of the guys who I think is going to stink. I'm going to hope the other guy doesn't take pass game of work away from Jamal Williams, but I do think he's a viable pivot. I'm going to take Godwin Iguabuke at <laughs> the price tag that he's at. I believe he's 4K flat on there. And um, I just hope he is a guy that does run some routes that could pick up some of that swift work, but. I hope he just does enough to qualify and then not actually be good. I love it. I love it. Uh, Tom, what is your DraftKings name? Uh, Tommy Zero. Tommy Zero. So this is, it serves two purposes. One, so I can create the private three-man contest. <laughs> and also, so people can send you head-to-heads. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's what you yeah. got. You got to get Bring it on the soft action. <laughs> Tommy Zero spelled out or the number zero? The word zero. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So let's, uh, do we have time to do the showdown or do you just want to do brighter die picks? How do, we, how do you want to do this? Um, we can, um, I, I have time. You want to okay, do a so let's, showdown? Let's, build? We'll, let's do right. Let's do build the lineup first. We'll build our, of course, our Thursday night football showdown lineup, because that's what we promise on the headline. And Lord knows we will always deliver on our promises on this show. Of course, Cowboys Saints night should be a fun one. And then we'll do our ride or die picks to close it out. Uh, but let's go, uh, actually you're pulling it up. Why am I, why am I, yeah, I had to pull something up. <laughs> Spags would Spags would never be bothered to pull something up. No, Spags has never screen shared anything in the history of this show. That well, like, I, I don't think I can. Can I? Yes, you can. Oh, I, I can, but like it's but it's on this computer, so I have nothing over here. I just have you and Tom and your beautiful smiling faces. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, Tom, how how good of a lineup do you think we can make? Is this like a one dollar contest, two dollar? What do we think? I, I trust your judgment. Uh, okay whatever direction you I mean, want Tom's to if, you need, if you need me to like paypal you like 66 cents or whatever that's fine yeah i mean times are <laughs> times are a little tough around let's here let's get people on the show to pay us money <laughs> so we can enter a three dollar line <laughs> wait the whole point the long game for this show is all always a multi-level marketing scheme so uh... <laughs> we're gonna start selling hair i'll get a couple people to subscribe <laughs> and that way we can just do it for free it's fine yeah so tom if you want to send me like a buck 60 um <laughs> After the show, that'd be good. Um, all right. Are we going to give Tom the first pick here? Yeah, let's do that. Tom, we're nice guys. Oh, geez. I, can I defer the first pick? Like I won the okay. coin toss here? Sure. Or, or also I want, nice someone, else to, I want someone else to give me a direction. This is like this is like the chat winning this guest spot. Everyone just deferring to each other. 
Spags, why are you changing your lights? I'm just going hot pink for this one. I feel like it's going to help the vibe. This guy. This guy. Spags is the kind of guy that gets a new, you know, garage door and is just like sitting outside of his driveway <laughs> watching it go up and down. Dude, this is my first house I've ever owned. If you think I'm not literally doing that in every part of the house at any given time, <laughs> you are sadly mistaken. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I mean, I'll, I'll take Taysom Hill in the flex. I just feel like that's a play that's got to be made. Um, yeah, Taysom Hill uh, is going to be a good flex pick. Um, I am going to put in, uh, I'm going to put Mark Ingram in the captain. Ooh, okay. We're going, that is definitely going to be contrarian. I don't think so. Well, because of the way the build is like, I feel like captain running back plus QB who also runs a lot. I think people might, might block that on fantasy cruncher and some of the tournaments. Yeah, I could, I could see it where I don't want to lead the witness here. Uh, but a four, two with four mm -hmm. Dallas, where it's just concentrated all around Taysom Hill and Ingram seems to make a lot of sense to me, mm -hmm. but it's your pick, Tom. Don't fuck. Then if up. that's the case, then I think we have to go with CD. Yeah. I like CD. I like CD. I, I like CD too. Yeah, but I kind of like him more. Oh, so, okay. Well, fair enough. So, we know that's that always works out well for wide receivers, especially with the parades. <laughs> oh, so now you so now you don't like it, is what you're saying. <laughs> and you're lying. The metagame. All right, it's your pick. Um I will go to hmm, boy, all these Saints project very poorly. Um that's why we're not doing any more Saints. I know I know you said that, but I don't really <laughs> feel it in my heart. Uh I, I didn't just I did just say it I I decreed it actually oh, oh okay it was I'm I, I'm in agreement I'm in agreement with the the two all right fine I'll go with the group I, I is Dak is Dak gonna leave enough salary here to get two more spots in and that are reasonable yes because I have I have the cheap salary saver play of the slate for if you. it's Cedric Wilson I'm gonna slap you in that <laughs> that's Cedric Wilson isn't, isn't he out playing yeah, yeah. Oh, okay that's bags is he wait he's not after his one good game he's not playing I didn't even know that I, I honestly didn't see that. Jeez, Spags, you gotta you gotta read the read a newspaper once in your life. Noah Brown is uh is the play to save us some money here. Uh, Spags, uh, rerun your projections without Cedric Wilson out, and all of a sudden those uhs will be like uh Yeah, but Noah Brown's <laughs> usually runs outside, he's not running the slot. Spags, don't worry about it. Okay? Cooper Target. and Gallup are both there. Spags, it's a six hundred dollar play on a fucking showdown slate. Ugh. More like Noah Snark. <laughs> what? Spags, I had to save us money because you're spent you're spending like a like a drunken sailor. <laughs> Is that a phrase? I think that's that's a, that's the common phrase for what people are spending like. Unless, unless you're going somewhere really different and dark. All right, who's it back to? So I, this kind of puts us in a tough spot if we're taking a Dallas person because the only options leave a lot of salary on the, on the board, which isn't a bad thing, yeah. which isn't a bad thing. And I, I'm unsure of, of Amari and I don't, I think that that would be kind of on the nose too. So I'm thinking it'd be either Gallup or Schultz. I'll go with Dalton yeah. Schultz. I like that. Oh, I thought you were, I thought we were pushing towards Tony Baloney, Tony Pollard. I do like Tony Pollard too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, my feeling, Hmm. Yeah, Tony Pollard looks really good in The Sims, but I also like the idea with this lineup. If we're having Dak, just just leaning heavy on game. the on the passing game, it's 
especially if da- if uh, if Pollard and Zeke end up in like a, a true kind of split, and then neither of them are able to kind of access the ceiling. I don't mind it. Okay. I would like the record to show that I would have put in Deontay Harris in non-pressure filled situations where everybody's bullying me into not playing another saint. Well, we're mm-hmm. not playing showdown low ball though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you heard what we're trying to do spags, but it's the most trying... electric player the saints sure. have that gets two points a game. See that spags. We're actually trying to get first. We're not Are you trying just, to get last. I'm just getting squeezed out for Tom so he can learn how to bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let, I just want to try on this kind of new version of Splash Play for <laughs> Look, size. I mean, I, I can like grow it. my hair out and put it in a bun and get some pink lights. Let's do it, you know? I like this. This feels good. <laughs> do you want to you want to do it, give us an outro here, Tom? <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, uh, something, something, Football Outsiders uh, promo code SPAGS. I would actually <laughs> let you do the outro, but I know Spags' OCD would just be going crazy. It's just mean is what it is. <laughs> oh, Pete gets his invoice paid. Now he's fucking bullying me around. <laughs> we'll see it once it crosses. Yeah, where where do I send my hours in for this one? I'll, get, I'll give you the payroll information, oh, Tom. Yeah. All right, Tom, give the people the plugs before we do the final call out here, of course, before we return tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern, for one more show with our pal Greg Ehrenberg from Awesome House. Yeah, just uh, youtube.com slash Tom Sorcy. Um, nothing new there right now, but within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a bunch of new stuff up there. So if you like boring bowling stuff. YouTube.com slash Tom Sorcy, the only source I go to for my Tom Sorcy content. Pete, what about you? Don't kick me out again, Pete. What about you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually do have a hard out. I have to go talk with uh, Football Outsiders HR about some of the <laughs> Nana Pete content today. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a showdown cram uh, tonight around 745. Uh, if you guys want to circle back and hear just how great of a play Noah Brown is. And then I will, I'm doing a GPP strategy show tomorrow. At 12.15, I'm having uh, Stuart Gibson from Advanced Sports Analytics. He's deep in the weeds on correlations. Uh, so we're going to kind of do a deep dive on that if anyone wants to check that out. I don't know Stuart Gibson, but I feel like just based off his name, he sounds really credible to me. He is. He is. He's, uh, he's a that's, data That's like a guy I'm like, yeah, if I want correlations, I go to Stuart yeah. Gibson. That's like what I just I won't be. Do. Nana Pete won't be talking about <laughs> Joe Mixon's ass on that show. And Mathology, one last question for Tom saying, Tom, what weight rock you roll with? 15. Whoa. Okay. So you got fucking bicep. Like 15 is heavy, man. I, I assuredly don't. I'm just not a 14 year old girl. It's fine. Okay. I, I, I think mine's a 13. <laughs> I feel like I get more control at like a 10, 11. <laughs> You, you 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 look to me like a ten or eleven pound kind of person. Listen, like, Tom, you don't know. I have a gym <laughs> over here. I'm fucking making things happen. The last time I bowled, honestly, was against my girlfriend. The first time that we actually went bowling at Lucky Strike, and I bowled a two fifty. And I've never bowled over two hundred. You bowled before. a two fifty? Yeah, never bowled over two hundred before that. I was just we were very competitive, and she was like really excited to go bowling. And I decided that that was the time I would do the best wow. thing I've ever done. In my like, life. Let's I, have a good date night, and you're like shoving it down her throat the whole time. Like, how do you like that? Kingpin wearing a glove. <laughs> I think my best is two thirty five when I did a uh, my weekly bowling league, and now I'm going to make it my life's goal to have one pin better than Spag. I can't live with Spags just going bowling with his nine pound ball, probably fucking cosmic lighting. He's heading to the arcade in between, getting nachos, wiping off the nacho cheese and then just luck boxes his way into a two fifty. Lucky strikes are very classy. I was in fact having alcohol and beers like a gentleman and throwing my 10, 11 pound ball. I don't remember which it was. I just remember the score because I was like, how the fuck did this happen?
I'm that's bowling for me. Is there follow a witness? at Tom Sorcy. If you're listening on podcast, T-O-M-S-O-R-C-E. Follow at Peter Overzet. Follow at Chris Spags. And follow at Splash Play Pod. And come back tomorrow at 2.30 Eastern live. We will be here doing the show. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you again soon. Bye. <laughs>